Well, welcome to the new news charity live stream. Uh, we're super excited for tonight. We have a bunch of special guests coming on, Sandy, Andrew, myself, as always. Um, and we're raising money tonight for Big League Impact, which is an incredible organization that was actually founded by Adam Wainwright back in 2012, I believe. And Big League Impact partners with different professional athletes, um, especially throughout baseball, to help meet basic human needs like food, clean water, shelter, and education to provide better lives for people all around the world through a variety of projects. And so throughout the night, you can see in the stream chat a link to go to a GoFundMe that's connected to Big League Impact. So you can donate throughout the night. Uh, we've got giveaways at each 30 minute mark so if you donate you're automatically entered into a giveaway we'll show you some of that stuff throughout the night but we're started off tonight with brooke grimsley and jim hayes uh, we're so excited for you guys to hop on thank you so much for joining us tonight uh just right off the top like have what's your guys's uh, knowledge of big league impact have you had any involvement with them in the past and what do you what are you thinking about this organization brooke you go first Oh, I was going to say, Jim, you can go first because you have the nice studio backdrop that's very <laughs> well, official. I'm working. <laughs> Jim, you're always working. So you go ahead because obviously you've had way more experience than I have. So I remember when Wayno first started this thing and I've seen it grow where, you know, every team has someone doing something around Major League Baseball. They go overseas. They help with things like water supply. But I've also seen what he does in terms of getting help for kids in the St. Louis area, helping out with pretty much everything from helping out with get baseball equipment for kids. They do just about everything. And Wayno attacks that every bit as hard as he does what he did as a starting pitcher. And the kind of guy he is, everyone wants to join. Everyone wants to follow Wayno because he's so passionate about it. And it's really amazing to see how Big League Impact has grown. It really has. And just kind of piggybacking off that when I came here to St. Louis, obviously, you know who Adam Wainwright is as the pitcher, but to see the impact that he literally has made with Big League Impact is truly special. Um, just covering some of his events. And he is so passionate, as Jim says, about helping not just in the community, but around the world. He had this story this past season where he talked about a pro baseball player from Honduras that actually benefited yes. from big league yes. impact and bringing clean water to where he was from. And that was something that was very special to Adam Wainwright to actually see that impact play out. And so um, it's been very special to be able to cover it and bring awareness to it. And I'm very glad that you guys are continuing that as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, we're really excited to be raising money for this charity tonight. Um, but diving on into some of the baseball topics, we're Newt News, obviously. Uh, we love Lars Newt Bar. He was kind of doing that thing um, when we clinched the postseason, going around interviewing everybody. Yeah. Um, and both of you guys have had a lot of involvement with Lars Newt Bar. Brooke, you're the president of the Lars Newt Bar fan, fan club, obviously. And and Jim, you've just interviewed Lars Newt Bar. Um, so any Lars Newt Bar stories um, that, that you like to share, anything that happened in the clubhouse that was really funny that we wouldn't know about or anything potentially about recruiting Japanese pitchers from overseas? Um, yeah, that, I, that, I, 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 so I just did a, a stream yard with Lars for my YouTube channel. May drop tomorrow, may drop Friday. I don't know. It's people that are smarter than me put that stuff together. I just do the crummy interviews. But, you know, the, the news on Yamamoto is, is, is so pressing for baseball fans, for Cardinal fans. And he is friends with Yamamoto. And I, I asked him, I said, I've read where you, you lobby. He said, no, I lobby hard. And he said, you really have to kind of 
pull back a little because he's got to do what's in his best interest, and I understand that. But by the same token, I can't think of any reason why he wouldn't want to pitch in St. Louis. And he said, but I'm on him. And, and he said his mom is on is all over Yamamoto's mother about <laughs> convincing him to pitch in St. Louis. And he said that – I said, all right, just give me it straight. I don't know if the Cardinals are in. I don't know what offers are on the table. I know none of that. I don't know the interest level on any teams. I said, just tell me, do the cards really still have a shot at Yamamoto? And he said, yes. So that's my breaking news that I bring wow. to your channel tonight. Where's the passing button? We got the breaking news. <laughs> I'll find it. Anyways, that's you, awesome. You see, that's why he's in the fancy studio because there we go. Hayes, Pat Hayes is all about breaking news coming in. So that's that's intel that I don't have. Obviously, fantastic, because as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the Japanese pitchers. And, of course, Lars Newbar, I kind of dubbed myself. Jim, I don't know if you know this, but I dubbed myself the president and CEO of the Lars Newbar fan club this season. So very, very uh, fun times that we've had over on 101 ESPN. And it's because, you know, Jim, Lars Newbar is such a great guy. He's super nice to media members and he's a great player and very talented so it's been very fun i would say that um just talking to lars just hearing everything that he went through with playing for team japan as somebody who you know has japanese ancestry my grandmother's from japan that was something that lars and i connected on because that is you know just huge to be the first japanese american to go over to play for team japan in the world baseball classic and just to hear the stories that he had and now the fandom that he has that has grown from that. Jim, I don't know if you were able to talk to him about that, but his social media following went from, I'm not sure, probably like in the 30,000s or something like that to now a little over a million. His fandom is everywhere and he's doing all of these ads for Japan and he's been busy, so busy that during the season they had to film some of those Japanese commercials here in St. Louis. So I don't know if you've seen some of them, especially for the eyewear brands. It's in Clayton. You can recognize it immediately. So it's just been fun to see Lars Newbar, a great person, great player, really reap the benefits of this new international fandom that he has. I asked him, I said, look, you're popular in St. Louis. He's an, an energy guy. You know, his teammates love him. Fans love him. Media loves him. How much more well-known are you in Japan than if you were just walking around St. Louis? And he said, it's not even close. He said, I'm not trying to say like I need security like Otani does everywhere I go, but it's kind of out of control. And I think the thing that makes Newt so popular to, to fans is that it's, it's real energy. You know, like yeah. you can see his love for the game. You could see the way he's pulling for his teammates when he's being the cheerleader guy in the dugout. And through all the injuries he went through last year, you know, there was a few stop, start, stop, start. Final numbers were okay, and the thing that impresses me is he has power, but he also takes walks. You don't see a lot of guys with that combo. His on-base percentage last year, 360-some, pretty, pretty decent considering he gave you some power and the fact that he couldn't really get into a groove because of all the injuries. Yeah, ex that's a really good point. The fact that he had so much start-stop in his game that it makes his numbers even more impressive. So if you can get a full, healthy season of Lars Newbar, 
I think all of baseball is going to be put on notice beyond just the fun name and the Japanese sensation side of it. So um, Cardinal fans are always asking, I'm sure you guys get questions about this all the time, but what are your thoughts so far on the off season to this point? And then looking ahead to the rest of the winter, what are some things you think the Cardinals need to consider going before spring training to make themselves a true contender in the national league? Jim, you go, you first? Okay, you want me to go? Um, yeah. I think that it was great on the Cardinals and John Mosellock to be very aggressive from the start to really set the market. I think that Sonny Gray always made sense to me, right? Oop, I just lost my light. We're going to keep rolling because I'm professional. I'm not in the studio. Like, like <laughs> this is my own makeshift studio. <laughs> but um, I think it was good on the Cardinals to be aggressive. Sonny Gray and the Cardinals just made sense. And Jim, I'm sure you know this as well. It seems like John Mose like had his eyes on Sonny Gray for a long time. And Sonny is a middle Tennessee guy. I'm from the same area. He went to high school about like 15 minutes away from me. I didn't get to see him when he was at Smyrna high school, but I got to see him at Vandy. And there's some, I feel like some correlation between the Vandy boys and the Cardinals way, the way that they kind of hold themselves is very similar. I love that how competitive Sonny Gray is, so I'm excited to see that add to the starting rotation. It feels like I would just at least like to see two more relievers added. It feels like one or two relievers to really just sure up this bullpen would be ideal in this situation. But so far, I like their approach, and it seems like just based off of John Mosellock's last comments that they also see and may a priority in kind of giving these guys – you know, their roles and having it defined early on. And so outside of the pitching, when you're looking at the positional players too, who our outfield's going to be. So they know going into spring training. And I know that injuries were a huge factor this past season, but I think having those defined roles will really let those guys kind of thrive and even build more confidence in that. Well, for me, I think the Cardinals' priority was obviously get getting Lance Lynn for me. That was a Christmas present. Because <laughs> um, he's great in the clubhouse, he's fun to cover. He also brings an edge, and I think that's something that maybe the Cardinals were missing. I like I like getting Lynn. Obviously, Sonny Gray, runner up for Cy Young, you know, front of the rotation guy. Gibson uh, has been good. I think he, he has a chance to be very good again. I just wonder, do they have enough starting pitching? You know, you go into each season. And you're like, okay, we, we got eight, we got nine starters. And then next thing you look, you got three starters. And I like Zach Thompson. I like Rom a lot. But that's your depth right now. So I wonder, mm-hmm. do the Cardinals have maybe another move up their sleeve to get another starter? But I also agree with Brooke. I think they could use another piece or two for the bullpen. Well, maybe that's where your Yamamoto news comes into play. So fingers crossed on that. I want to go back to what Brooks said about Sonny Gray, though. You said Mo's had his eye on Sonny Gray for a long time. I'm the same way. I am Newt News' resident Sonny Gray super fan. Um, and obviously, he's a great fit on the field for this team. He does it all. Yeah. He's consistent. He gives you innings. Uh, he gets more strikeouts than a lot of guys this staff has had lately as well. The new sweeper is very exciting. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what does Sonny Gray contribute off the field? Let's start with Brooke. And then, uh, Jim, you talked about a little bit about Lynn's edge. Uh, have you heard a little bit about how Gray has one as well and what you can kind of provide on that? Well, first of all, any guy who carries around a baseball is a guy I want in my rotation. You yeah. got Everyone saw it at his introductory uh, press conference. He's carrying around a baseball. And he said he lives it. You know, like he wants a ball in his hand at all times. He likes the feel of it. He's comfortable with it. And he said, you could ask anyone I've ever played with. I play to win. 
I compete. I'm not looking to make friends with the opposing batter, with the opposing team. I want to take them out in a baseball sense. And I kind of like that. And I think Lynn has that too. And I think that that's the kind of edge that maybe the, this team needed. Yeah, I totally agree with what Jim's saying there is. I loved Sonny Gray's press conference that he had, where he had the ball that Jim mentioned. That just shows somebody who is obsessed and hates losing. I think that's something that is always very welcome in your clubhouse because, of course, all these guys want to win, but how much do they hate losing? Because that's a whole different level of passion when you can really channel that in. And I love the quote he had where he's like, of course, I'm not going to be friends with like the guy that I'm going up against. Like that's like even if I know him off the field, that's somebody I'm going up against. So I really liked his passion that he exuded in his comments that we saw. And from everything that I've heard and like I said, just seeing him when he was at Vandy, he's a competitor. And you can tell that with the things that he's done over the years. And with Lance Lynn, I, I was not here when Lance was here, but from everything I've heard, and Jim, I watched your interview with him. I love his attitude. I've heard he's like a bulldog. So I'm excited to have that energy in the clubhouse. And Kyle Gibson, I'm from the comments that I've seen about him, people see the same thing with him too. He seems like a guy who really took a lot of pride in building up young pitchers, which is something will be very welcome, especially if they can't get that other piece like Jim was talking in the starting rotation. You have Zach Thompson that he can mentor. You have Matthew Libertor. There's the other guys like Drew Rom as well. So I think that Kyle Gibson will be another welcome voice. Um, but Jim, I wanted to ask you with that interview with Lance Lynn, he seems like a huge personality. So what can we expect from the media side out of Lynn? So first off, he loves toying with the media, right? Like <laughs> if you give him a, a chance to answer yes or no, he will. Or if he doesn't want to give you a complete answer, as he said in my interview, he said, I'm not, and he's a nice guy and he, he's not at all mean, maybe to some of his teammates, but he's like, I'm not here to do your job. Like, if you ask a basic question, I'm going to give you a basic answer. You got to get to the good stuff to get the good stuff. So he keeps reporters on their toes. And there are times he just doesn't want to tell you something. And it's a, it's a cat and dog kind of thing. But he's fun. He's a really nice guy. And I'll tell you something. You know, they, they said about Lance Lynn like they did A.J. Prasinski back in the day when the Cardinals got him. We need a rusty nail. He's a rusty nail. Mm -hmm. He's ticked off because he gave a million home run balls last year and he wants to be better and he feels like this is a good spot for him to be. Yeah, I, I, that mentality has to rub off on this clubhouse that has a ton of young guys in it. And Jim, I know we have to let you go here. So I just want to ask you real quick about a tweet you put out today. You said you really think something special is happening here with Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn. Tell us about what you see in those two and why you're so excited about their future. Okay, I've seen young prospects before and good ones, okay? I've, what I've seen in these two is unlike anything I've seen before. Mm. With Mason Wynn, I see a guy, five tool, but they're not just tools. They're like off-the-chart mm. tools. Yeah. And I, I just can't imagine him not being great. I've, we've seen what he can do defensively. We see on the base pass he didn't hit particularly well. But what I saw of him offensively, I think back if you follow his minor league career, Every time he got promoted, he struggled, and then he kicked in, and it was, you know, it was it was a juggernaut from there. And with Walker, I see a good kid who's working hard, who has such natural ability. I mean, what we saw last year was really good, and then I realized he's just scratching the surface, <clears throat> and he's he took over a position he hadn't played outfield, 
and there were some growing pains and he's bothered by that. I guarantee he'll be back and he'll be a better outfielder. And I'm thinking we get, you know, I put on a tweet a while ago, like those two would be in my no trade list going in, you know, mm -hmm. to the off season. Cause I think they're both going to be great. And I just feel like we have an opportunity as fans, which I am too, to see the beginning of something because they're just scratching the surface. For sure. Well, Jim, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, give, again, follow Jim over on Twitter. Um, he's got a YouTube channel going up as well with that interview with Lars Newbars coming up soon. Obviously, you see him all the Cardinal broadcasts as well. Again, thanks, Jim, for joining us. Really appreciate it. I think what you guys are doing great, and it was honestly a pleasure to be on with you. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Really thank you so it. much, Jim. Bye, Jim. Bye, Brooke. Yeah, Jim.